0: Some things are just indispensable. Like if you're doing a puzzle, any puzzle people in here, and like, you know, the puzzles, like you love puzzles. My wife loves puzzles. I don't understand that, but she loves puzzles. Um, puzzles, you need every piece, right? You ever like do a puzzle, it's taking days, weeks, months, or meet decades to do a puzzle, and you get to the end of it and you realize you're missing one piece? I want to go into your house now, if you're a puzzle person, and I want to go into every one of your puzzle boxes and take one piece out, <laughs> And just have a collection of just random puzzle pieces. But it's like, it's just, why? Because every piece is important. You need it for every, you know, to complete the puzzle and to complete the picture. Uh, Anybody in here like to bake? I I like to bake. I like to bake bread. I like to bake pies. I'm a dessert kind of guy. Anybody here like to bake as well? Uh, Doesn't it always seem interesting that you've got every ingredient except baking powder? We run out of that all the time. You ever cook something without baking powder? Gross. You ever accidentally put baking soda in instead of baking powder? (laughs) It happens, right? It makes it taste awful. Why? When you bake something, you need every ingredient to make it complete. Uh, You ever been to Ikea? Which Ikea is uh, Swiss for hard to put together. (laughs) And so um, there's a reason why they have a step-by-step little process. You you buy your piece of furniture or whatever, and then when you get finished... Without fail, you always have a handful of screws, nuts and bolts, and those little weird fasteners. Am I right? Yes. And then you, you wonder like, why is this drawer not opening properly? Why is this thing like, every time I touch it, goes it goes, it's like not level. It's because it needs every part. You see where I'm going with this, correct? Yes. You heard the text read. <laughs> we need every part. We need everyone together. That is the way we as the church are designed to operate. That's where we flourish together. And so um, I'm going to have a passage today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's in your New Testament. If you don't have a Bible here at Grace Point Church, we always say you're going to need a Bible. We lead, teach, and preach from the Bible. We want you to have a Bible. So we have them in English and Spanish at these tables out at Center Point. And you can download the YouVersion app on your phone, and the Bible is on there as well. Uh, but but in, in this, just a little bit of background, not a lot, but in this, uh, Paul was really going after unity within the church. And the church had gotten a, a bit divided. They were divided over some sin issues within the church. They were divided over uh, favoritism with teachers and preachers. They're like, I like this one. Well, I, I like this one better. And they got all divided over that. They were divided over the Lord's Supper, uh, communion, uh, because there were some who have and some who had not. And they, the people who had not were being mistreated by those who have. And so there were some... Um, There's a lot of tension within that. And so what Paul was trying to do is to give them a great illustration. And in this illustration, the hope was to draw them together. Now, this is my last standalone message until we begin next Sunday, the season of Lent. And I'm going back into the book of Romans. And so I think we're in like Romans 10, but we'll pick right back up in that. If you miss any of that, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, But on my last standalone message of this year... I, I thought, what, what do I want to talk about? I want to just talk about us. I want to talk about the church. Uh, not because I have a sense of disunity here, uh, but I really want to, I want to tighten us up. I want us to, to draw even closer together because um, there feels like there could be a season or there feels like there could be just culturally uh, a season coming to try to divide us and to divide humanity. Know, you ever watch the news? You ever been on social media it's all about drawing lines and divide 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 and i think for us in christ we should not do that we should draw together as best we can and so that's what i want to do today so i may have four statements for you today uh, there, hey here's four statements i want to say together i literally did not write an ending so like um for some of you in the aviation world i'm going to take off but i don't know how i'm going to land it yet so we'll, you might have to help me okay first corinthians 12 12 are you ready here we go. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with... What's that last word? So it is with Christ. And when we hear the word Christ, what does that, who does that refer to? Very good. Okay, so Paul reminds them that they are a body and that they, uh, they are unified. And he talks about the body has many parts. Now, when you think about um, a body, you start thinking about the parts on your body. Uh, you have an arm, you have a leg, you have an eye, and you never look at the arm and say, it's a body. You always say, no, it's a body part. And the parts make the whole. And he's saying, so it is uh, with us as Christians that we are the body. And Paul's saying the same is true of us, yet not just anybody paul doesn't say so it is with the church he says so it is with who with christ with jesus the body the church makes up the body of jesus Uh, arnold uh, bittlinger said this in order to accomplish his work on earth jesus had a body made of flesh and blood in order to accomplish his work today jesus has a body that consists of living human beings So you think about uh, what we celebrate during the first Advent, during Christmas, that Jesus comes and takes a body. Jesus always existed, always God, but comes and becomes fully human as well, takes on a body. That's called incarnation. And so then he uh, died, resurrected, 40 days later, ascended to the right hand of the Father, but he still has a body, and that body now is... That was your part. Wait a minute. Sorry, I'll do my hands again. And the body now is... You and me. We are his... We are the incarnational Christ to the world around us, him living through us. Where, where did Paul get this idea? How, how is Paul making this connection? Think about Paul's story. Stories are very important. Your story is very important. Paul's story is very important. If you remember Paul before he met Jesus, was he pro-Jesus or anti-Jesus? jesus or anti jesus So his name was Saul before he met Jesus, and he did not like Christians so much so that he hid them in prison and he actually uh, casted his vote to have them killed. And so we'd say, hey, that's not pro-Jesus. Nonetheless, he was on the road to Damascus he was blinded by a great light and Christ spoke to him. And this is what he said. You don't have to go there, but it's in Acts 9, 4. It says, and falling to the ground, this would be Paul falling down, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? What's the last word? Who's the me? Okay, it's Jesus Christ, okay? Why are you persecuting me? Now who, wait, who was Paul arresting? Christians. Who was Paul throwing into prison? Who was Paul casting his vote to to be murdered? Then why in the world didn't Jesus say, why are you persecuting the church? He said, no, 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 you're persecuting me. I'm gonna make three statements, might wanna write them down. Statement number, these are not the statement statements. These are the (laughs) pre-statements. Statement number one. The church is not something you and I go to. I mean, we show up at the church building, I get it. But the church is not something you and I go to. That's number one. Number two. The church is not even something we do. Statement number three. The church is who we are. Christian. You are the church. Now, we can say individually I'm the church, but the better way to say it is we are the church because we are kind of like body parts when when we're together, even in separate as well, but we are the church. This is our identity. So verse 13, he says, for in one spirit, it's capital S, so that's the third person of the Trinity. That's the Holy Spirit. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. So how do you get into the body? How do you become the church? The only way to become the church is to be saved by Jesus. That you have trusted that Jesus lived for you You're trusting that Jesus died for you on the cross and for your sins. You've turned from your sin and placed your faith in him. You're trusting that Jesus three days later rose from the grave, defeating sin, Satan, and death. You're trusting that Jesus 40 days later ascended to the right hand of the Father. You're trusting that Jesus is going to return and write all things. You are trusting in that. You've given your life to Christ. That's what that means. Don't don't look over. It's over there, guys. It's over there. Don't look. It's over there. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. You're trusting Jesus. So that's how you get into the body is by trusting Jesus. And Paul says all Christians, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, are baptized into one spirit and made to drink of one spirit. Uh, What does he mean by that? Think of it like a sponge. If you were to take a sponge and and to run water over it, the water's not going to be just around the sponge, right? It's going to be in the sponge, Think about a baby. When a baby is born, they come out into the air, but they can't just have the air around them. In order to live, they must have the air in them. They must take in the air. The same is true of those in Christ. If you are in Christ, the Spirit dwells among us and dwells in us. And that is our commonality. That is our link together that we all have the Spirit of uh, 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 the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling in each and every one of us, the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, notice Paul gives some people here. He says, Jews are Greeks, slave or free. What does he mean by that? What do the, these people have in common outside of being indwelled by the, or, or outside of uh, being created in the image of God? And the answer is nothing. Jews hated Greeks, Greeks hated Jews, And then the free really wanted nothing to do with slaves. They didn't really have anything in common. Yet, what he's saying before this is, is that the Spirit unites them all. The unity that we enjoy, the being in Christ, being the church, is because the Spirit dwells us all. Eugene Peterson, which by the way, if you've not read any of Eugene Peterson's work, I highly recommend it. It's super good. He says, our membership in the church is a corollary of our faith in Christ. We can no more be a Christian and have nothing to do with the church than we can be a person and not be in a family. It is a part of the fabric of redemption. You've heard it said before, like, I love Jesus, I just don't love the church. Can you imagine how Jesus feels about that? That'd be saying like, Ty, I love you, I just don't love your wife, Angie. I'm like, oh, 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 oh right hand of fellowship to you I offer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i just like my church is just out in the fishing boat. My my church is at the ball game. My church is no, it's not. No, it's not. Your church is with the family. The one spirited family. That's that's the church. But sadly, we, we have taken on the culture of, of individualism. Individualism is it, it's all about me and it's what I want and it's what I want to do. And I don't care about anyone else. I'm not connected to anyone else. Uh, no one else is dependent upon me. I'm not dependent upon them. And so I can just do whatever I want. And our individualism sounds a lot like it's all about me and Jesus. It's all about my growth. It's all about my spirituality. It's all about my track in life. It's all about me getting better and doing X, Y, Z. It's all about me going to heaven, and it has no connectivity to other people. Now, you may be wondering, well, Ty, we we have individuality, don't we? I'm like, oh, absolutely. There's a difference between individuality and individualism. You are an individual, correct? There is no one like you, believe me. There's no one like you your mama was right. You're a special snowflake for sure. Like there's no one like you. And and, and in your individuality, like you have a personality and you've been crafted by God in a certain way. And that's a beautiful thing, tainted by sin for sure, but crafted by God. And you're created to be dependent upon God and interdependent with other people. What you do matters to others and what others do matters to you. That's what individuality is. This radical individualism in what we're seeing in Christianity today is like, no, 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 I do Jesus my way. I do what I want. I have nothing to do with anyone else. I'm an individual, and I am autonomous. That's not biblical. That's not theologically correct. That's not, that's not Christianity. See, when individualism is exaggerated, and it kind of looks like this. I only want to be with people of the church who are just like me. I can't go get in that group because I don't have anything in common with them. They're not into my stuff. Can you hear it? And I, whenever anyone ever says that to me, of like, I can't get into that group. I don't have anything in common with them. I'm like, what about Jesus? Is that enough? Hope so. But nonetheless, we're, we're different. And different is good. We're individuals, and individuals are different. Look at verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And so Jesus' body, just like our body, has a lot of different parts. And all the parts are not the same. All the parts are not the same. Your foot is not your mouth. Although your foot may reside there a lot, (laughs) like me, it is... (laughs) It's, it's different. And so every part looks different, functions different, acts different, and that's the way a body works. My heart doesn't work the same way my toe does, thanks be to God. It's different. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand. Now look at this phrase. This phrase is a, is a, um, uh, a tough phrase. A, f- a phrase that keeps me awake at night of thinking of people not belonging so if the foot should say because i'm not a hand i do not belong to the body that would not make it any less part of the body and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell you get get what he's saying right there. It's very simple illustration he said if, if the whole body was an eye then how would it smell? It it doesn't make sense. There has to be some differences. And and what Paul's going to do is he's going to try to put um, a unity, a unifying around the, the differences. Within this church, within Grace Point Church, we have a lot of differences, don't we? We have a lot of age differences. We have racial differences. We have ethnic differences background differences, different ages, stages. We have musical differences. For some of you when there's a country twang up here you're like "yeehaw" or whatever it is. For some of you if there's a little rhythm in there like "all right, all right, all right" like for some of you there's a little guitar riff going you're like "let's do this thing" or whatever it is. Like like we have we have educational differences. Some of us have no degrees. Some of us have lots of degrees, right? There's there's some uh, economic differences. Uh, Some people in here are doing really, really well. Some people are just barely getting by. There's a lot of difference. We have political differences in here. We talk a lot about, let's be a diverse church. And then you start talking about political, like, nope, (laughs) nope, (laughs) nope. There's some people in here that love, don't say anything there's some people here love trump some people in here don't love trump there's some people here love biden and some people here don't love biden there's democrats there's republicans there's liberals conservatives there's some of you you're the most the person you love the most on the ballot you think is the most qualified is none of the above i told you nothing. <laughs> We have different, like, can we disagree? We're individuals. We're different. When you think about it, when you get into a room like this and you see people that are so different, so different, so diverse, so different, different tastes, different life, different stories. You, you sit back and wonder, like, what are all those people doing in the same room together? And the answer is Jesus. Because if we got really simplified with it, and I think simplicity is okay at times, we got really simple about it. It's kind of like this. I love Jesus. You love Jesus? Cool. Let's do life together. Let's let's be the church. It doesn't take away any of your distinctions and differences. I don't think think at all God wants to take away those things. I think he wants to bring them together. Remember in the end of the story uh, in Revelation says that around the throne be every tribe, tongue and nation that's why i love at times we we sing in in english here and we sing in spanish here because it's just a it's it's very small picture of what eternity is going to look like now some of you like i don't like that i don't know what they're saying it's on the screen (laughs) and and please don't be like well if you're in america you're going to speak american no don't be like that like it's okay every tribe tongue and so he doesn't take away our distinction he doesn't take away our differences he doesn't take away our our diversity but let's be careful and I'm going to be careful right now but let's be careful in a world that is decrying representation in a world that is decrying differences and diversity hear me out on this hear me out on this that's not our ultimate goal (laughs) you're like careful easy that's not our ultimate goal it's a good thing but it's not our ultimate goal I'll tell you why there's a football game on today that I care less about but a football game nonetheless and uh the stadium downtown it's going to be full of people it's going to be full of two types of fans there's going to be the 49ers any 49ers here and then the Chiefs any Chiefs fans here It's so funny, you can tell from people who are are from the east of the Mississippi. Woo! Yeah! People on West Coast, you're a little bit more refined. You're like, yes, yes, I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) But here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a stadium full of people that paid on average $9,000 per ticket. Hope you tithe. Um... (laughs) And they're all going to have these jerseys on, and there's going to be people of different colors, and there's going to be people of different ethnicities, and people of different age, and people of different uh, political persuasion, and people with different means, and all this type of things. And they're all going to have the same jersey on. They're going to be high-fiving, smashing beer cans with one another, all kinds of crazy fun stuff together. And then the game's going to be over. And you can look at that stadium like, look at the diversity. Look at how united they are. Every person is going to get back in their car and leave that place and have no other connection with anyone else. And the difference is what we, we, we want to see here and what the Bible is showing us is no, 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 the church is together. We don't just rah, rah in here and leave here and that's it, right? Right? It's more than that. Like we're, we're, we're actually a f- Christ is the one uniting us. In Ephesians, it talks about Jesus dropping all the walls that would divide us, all the walls of hostility, making us one new people. Keeping our uniqueness, keeping our differences for sure, but making us one new people. That's the win. That, that is the absolute win. Now, when, um, in, in verse 15 and 16, he says these two phrases that are really troubling. He says, uh, when someone says, I do not belong to the body. That's like... We, we got to be careful. Like, we, we belong to the body of Christ. If you're in Christ, you belong to the body of Christ. But you may not think or you may not feel like you belong. Um, some of you may say, Well, I'm too old for this church. Too many young people around here. Hey, any, any, anyone over 50, give me the whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> hey, you, you belong. You belong. I want you to belong, I want you to be connected. Young people need you. Although they, at times, I almost said we don't act like it. <laughs> <laughs> at times they don't act like it. <laughs> but we, we, we need your experience and, and we need your wisdom. We need that. Some of you say, I'm, I, I don't belong because I'm too mature for this church. I'm too mature. This church is an immature church. I I am going to push back on that a little bit. If you say I'm too mature for this church, that's a sign of immaturity. There's a guy who said this. I don't remember his name, so we'll give it to, I don't know, Tim Frazier. Um, One person said it this way, a mature Christian is easily edified. I mean, right, just give me Jesus and I'm happy. (laughs) Like, just give me Jesus I'm happy. You ain't got to do a whole lot. Somebody say, I don't belong in this church because my faith is private. And I come in here and I do my private thing and I don't want to be bothered with other people. I don't belong. Some may say, I don't belong because I'm too busy to belong. I've got other obligations and I don't want to belong. Listen, listen, listen. You must belong because you're Christ's body. You are the the living, breathing Christ to the world around you. You are the incarnational peace post-resurrection of Jesus to the world. And we must belong. It's imperative to the mission and the glory of God that you belong together and that we are doing this together. You are indispensable. We are to be here to care for one another and serve one another and be a part of one another's lives. You belong. You belong. Verse 18, let me say one thing. If you don't belong to the church, then you don't belong to Jesus. I mean, I kind of try to make that distinction when I talk to you. I'll say family, family, brothers and sisters, family, family, family. I'm talking to you because we are family and you belong to Christ and you belong to me and we belong to one another. But then I'll say sometimes when I talk, I'll say, hey, if you're a friend of ours, if you're a friend of ours where you don't belong to Jesus, you don't belong to the church, I want to call you friend because I want you to feel welcomed and we want to be friendly to you, but we want you to hear this good news of Jesus and be adopted because Jesus paid the adoption price by the blood on the cross so you become brothers and sisters with us, family. But to not belong to the church... I'm not talking about membership, which is important, but I'm talking about I don't belong. It means you don't belong to Christ. Verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single, single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Hey, quick question. Who arranged the body parts? It says it right here. God arranged the members. He's the one doing that. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Every part is needed. You are needed here. And as you're needed here, as you're plugging in and engaging as a part of the family, you may be an eye that sees some things. You may be an eye that looks at Grace Point Church and says, hey, there's some weaknesses and deficiencies here. And guess what? I would 100% agree with you. There are weaknesses and deficiencies here. You may look at some things and like, hey, there's better ways to do this or there's different ways to do that, better way to care for souls and all You, you may have that. And if you have that, well, then guess what? Apparently, God has given you the opportunity to see something, and now you are support, you're supposed to be a part of that. Right? Because you have a choice of to do it or to not do it. To be the change or to sit and be an armchair quarterback. Super Bowl reference. (laughs) We can just sit back and complain. For instance, sometimes children will be in here with us. And children do what children do. They're noisy. They are. They don't sit still long. I preach for a long time, so there you go. And, and, and sometimes we get ag- agitated. Like, why, why do these kids got to be in here? I, I can't listen. And it's really distracting, all kinds of stuff. Let me say two things. Number one, hey, sometimes parents make the choice to bring their child in there, and I'm a-okay fine with that. Hooray. But number two, it may be because we're at ratio over in our early childhood and our elementary uh, kids area. What, we're like, at ratio? What's that mean? <laughs> means we want to create a safe environment and we have to have so many adults per kids. And so if you are the one noticing like, hey, the kids are really distracting in here, that may be God giving you a clue. Clue phone's ringing. Pick it up, say hello. And God's like, hey, you should serve over there. Because for every one of you that serves, we get to have more kids in there. And that may be the reason why they're over here. Make sense? Okay. (laughs) But the point of it is this. If we're part of the body, what, what Paul's saying, that I have no need of you, that's, you can't say that when you're part of the body. We need one another. You are needed. And I know in your mind you're like, yeah, someone else can fill, fulfill that need. What if everyone said that? You are needed. That's, that's what it means to be a part of a family. You're needed. That's what it means to be a part of a body. You are needed. You may think, well, no one really needs me. I'm not that important. I don't do a lot of things up front. I don't do things that are seen. And if I don't do things that are seen, well, then it really is just not important and all that kind of stuff. Hold your horses there. Look at verse 22. He says, on the contrary, the parts, this is so funny. This text is hilarious. On the contrary, the part of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. Uh, you know how I know this? You ever stumped your pinky toe? Oh, it causes the maximum pain, am I right? It's like, the, like you ever went like pinky toe lifting? No one ever like tries to strengthen that thing. It's weak, but it's indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Paul is saying here that that the things that are covered are very, very vital and important. For instance our butts. Just, I know, I'm trying to think, is it gluteus maximus? I'm sure I'll just mess it up. I'll just go with butts. I feel, I feel like we can handle that. Uh, our butts are, are very, very important, um, but we cover them up. Am I right? We should. Uh, we, one of my grandkids, I won't name her name, uh, but every time she bends over, man, she's like pre-plumber right there. She's like trying out for the game. it's like, like, man, pull that up a little bit. Uh, nonetheless, we cover those up. And so in the church, we have some butts. It, and butts are, they're a, a great thing. We're all glad that we have butts. Could you imagine trying to sit without a butt? You're just all back, cracking and leg, and that's it. It's like, that would just be uncomfortable. But it is vital for, for some of you, that, that, that's the sense in which God's called you as, <laughs> this, uh, this transition's great. Um <laughs> That's the sense in which God has called you of like you're, you're always going to be covered, like behind the scenes. And you're, and you're, I'm getting there, you're vital. You're vital. You're vital to the family. I mean, you, don't, you don't realize how many people are doing things behind the scene all the time that cares for this family so well and honors the Lord. Like the, the, the people over... Uh, with the children right now you 'll never see them up here. Some of them would die they 're like don 't put me up there i 'll quit. <laughs> Vital security team keeping us safe. people back there in the booth doing the electronical things, making all this stuff happen. I mean this the people who come in during the week and take care of a lot of admins. I think about Sally and June stuffing all the seats, all the things in the seat back pockets they come in and make sure those are orderly and nice and there 's communion cups. Just, I mean, some of the people work in our front office and just trying to answer the phones and be a kind and hospitable people to the, to the world around us. They're, they're, they're need, you can't say I have no need of you. You're not, you're not valuable. No, you're, you're needed. Verse 24. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division. No division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Hey, it's been a tough season. There's been a lot of suffering over this past season. If you're new, you're probably like, what are you talking about? Just go listen to some of our old stuff. It's been a tough season. We've, we've suffered really well together. And he says right here that we give care to one another. And I, I just want to express to you from, from my behalf Pastor Tim's behalf, Pastor Terrence's behalf, our staff behalf, Grace Point Church. You guys have just cared for us so well over the season, and I, I just want I want to thank you. We we have felt so loved, and honored. Uh, I keep hearing people tell me all the time, "Hey, we've been praying for you in this time. We've been praying for you in this time," and my only response I can have is thank you. And uh, we feel like we've just been carried along by the prayers of you of you all. And so uh, thank you for caring for us well. Now the the text points to this truth that every person needs to be cared for you need to be cared for that the problem with individualism it says i can care for myself that's what the little baby gazelle says when it wanders away from the pack and the lion snatches it up and eats it right and so you 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 have a an enemy well as well that wants you to to not be cared for to be out on your own so he can snatch you up and devour you as well steal kill and destroy is what our word says and so we, we, we need one another. We need to be cared for. In here, the liturgy, the work of the people, we're caring for one another as we pray together, as we sing over one another, as we hear God's word together. But we leave this place, we need to continue to care for one another. That, that's why, that's why we, we, we really talk about community groups. You need to be in a community group. You need to be known and know others. That's what it means to be cared for. That way they can know your needs, know your vulnerabilities. You can know theirs as well and care for one. That's why we talk about serving teams. Yeah, we've got work to do around here, but on a serving team, you're known and you know others. That's why we do cohorts. So you can get in those cohorts. It's not just teacher and student. You're learning together so you can be known and, and know others. You, you need to be cared for, and we need to be cared for. That's what the body does. Verse Verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And so uh, right here, he's just saying, hey, very clearly, make sure you understand my illustration, Paul is saying, you're individual, you are, you are in the image of God, you have, uh, you know, your individual personality, who you are, gifting and all that. But together, you are the body of Christ. You know what we typically don't think about when it's healthy? The body. But when you get sick, buddy, we think about the body, don't we? Like a lot, you know, you get a cold or you get the double dragon, you know, fire, fire out of both ends. Um, like we really like when you're like, oh my God, I just want to be healthy again. That's all I want to like. So when the body is healthy, you don't think about. But he's saying right here, when we're functioning, when everyone is being a part of the body, it just it just rolls, it just goes. It's caring and it's feeling like a belonging and it's magnifying Jesus and it's edifying and helping one another it's living in the world for the glory of god that's what paul's saying right here verse 28 he says and god has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing helping administrating in various kinds of tongues so uh, he gets a bit into the uh spiritual gifts here a lot of debate on spiritual gifts i'm not going to jump into that right now we'll do that another time i've done it in the past but the question that people ask about this text right here is he talking about uh which ones are better or is he talking about the order and i think in light of everything he said he's not talking about here here's the order of which one's better i think he's talking about the timing because you think about the early church, how the early church started. The apostles, they would, they would kind of start. They would go out, proclaim the gospel, gather people together, and plant churches. Then coming behind them would be the teachers. They'd go in and they'd help the uh, Christians grow in their faith and grow in maturity. And along the way, miracles, healings. They, they'd be helping out, doing practical needs, taking care and tending in the flock as well. And then you have the administrators. Can I tell you how important those who in, in, in administration are? super important you know what the word administrator means it's where we get the word pilot or steering from like once everything is going they've got to steer it in the right direction instead of the wrong direction and so it's super important I think he's talking about like hey uh, this is kind of the order of planting church maybe verse 29 he asks the question are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all possess gifts of healing do all speak with tongues and the answer is no Everyone has a gift. If you're a Christian, you have a gift. The gift is not for self. The gift is to build up the church. Use your gift. If you're not using your gift, careful. Danger. Danger. Use your gift. But then he says this at the end. But earnestly desire the higher gift. Desire the higher gift. What's the higher gift? Okay, Jesus. Jesus. This is 1 Corinthians 12. What comes after 1 Corinthians 12? 13. And it, it, like if you've been around the block a little bit, what's, what's the, if you were to summarize 13 in one word, what would it be? Hmm. So I didn't write anything else at this point, so you gotta help me out. Being a part of a family, being a part of the body, is going to cost us. There's a bit of sacrifice That comes with that and the reason why we sacrifice for one another the reason why it costs for one another is because we love one another so here's my question in this body what does love require of us now i'm asking that question i want you to answer it but hold on before you answer it Uh, some of you are like i've got an answer and i'm going to give you an answer that's got all the things i don't like about this church save it um, uh, or, uh, like, I've kind of got my soapbox thing. Save it. Um, what is a word or phrase of what does love require for us to love one another well? Give me one. Sacrifice. sacrifice I heard that. Sacri- we'll start with sacrifice. Well, hang on. We'll start with that. Sac- hold that. That's a good one. Sacrifice. To love one another well, it costs. We have to sacrifice. What, what do we sacrifice? Let's talk about, what do we sacrifice to love one another and to actually be the body together? What do we sacrifice? Time. Ah, oh, our greatest commodity. Time and attention. That's our two greatest commodities, right? So the question I want to put back to us as a family, do you sacrifice time? Meaning, think about it like this. Here's a, here's a practical way to think about this. We come and gather to worship together, right? So what if we thought of Sunday, even that's the easy way, way to think about it. What if we thought about on Sunday, we gather and then we give of our time to serve one another. Like meaning two, two gatherings. Like one of them is to be in here to, to gather and worship the work of the people and the other to serve one another because that's going to cost you time. But love requires of us sacrifice, you said, and time. What, what, what other sacrifices are there? Let's hear another one commitment who's somebody that's a beautiful commitment that our yes will be yes and our no will be no and when we say we're going to do something like my daddy always says you do it because you're going to be a person of your word because that's what that's what it costs it costs that to be family together all right what's another way what what does love require me someone said over here humility humility who's the most humble person ever how humble was he it says in Philippians that he he gave up basically the glory of heaven to come down here to the slums of the earth and become one of us. So you know what that tells me as a person, as a Christian, as a part of the church? Nothing is beneath me. Nothing, like, need me to take out the trash, let's do this. Need me to sweep the floors on it, scrub a toilet, got it. Right? You need me to serve the children over there? You 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 betcha. You need me to come in and help out someone like you. Why? Why? Because that's what family does. That's why we humble ourselves. We don't, need, we don't need the stage. We don't need the lights. We don't need, we, we just need to be humble. Give, give me one more. What is another? One more way. Consistency. Ah, ha, ha. You know, um, the Bible talks about those who, the, those who persevere to the end will be saved. You know, one of the hardest things about our Christian faith is to keep going. It is, right? Because you just want to tap out all the time. Like, hey, this is too hard, too much commitment. It's too messy. These church people are way too messy. So let's just tap out. Let's just go. I'd rather, I'd rather watch football on Sunday, which, by the way, football's dead after today. High five, everybody. <laughs> Next Sunday, I'll be welcoming people back. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, consistency. It would be consistent. Paul calls us body. And when the body is functioning All together, the body's healthy. The body produces fruit. It bears fruit. The body body is magnifying Jesus. The body is acting and living like Christ together. So my question for you as we end, are you engaged in the body here? Maybe you're kind of a severed limb. You like kind of plop in and plop out because that's what it sounds like. Maybe there's a bit of atrophy there. I've not worked out this muscle in a while. Maybe you're thriving like, no, man, I'm, I'm the backbone of this church. I'm the heart of this church. I'm the feet and the hands of the, Then thanks be to God. But perhaps we just pause and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me now? I'm going to ask this just be in the spirit of prayer. So if you would, I'm going to pray in just a second. I, I want to read this over us. I read something along these lines years ago, and I kind of modified it a little bit for us. Eventually, one of these days, I want it painted somewhere in this church, and it goes like this This is the body of Jesus. This is my church, my family, my home. It's composed of people who need God's grace just like me. It will be friendly if I am, it will do great works if I join in the work, it will make generous gifts to many causes if I am generous. It will bring others into the family if I bring them. The seats will be full if I fill them. It will be a church of loyalty, love, faith, honesty, joy, and service. If I who make it what it is am filled with these. Therefore, with God's help, I dedicate myself to the task of being all these things I want my church to be. God, your word says that your spirit fills us and dwells in each and every one of us as the church. Holy Spirit, we know that you are the great comforter and the great convictor. And so, Spirit, we ask that you would convict us if we've been loveless, selfish, consumeristic, high autonomy and individualistic. Remind us of the comfort we have in Christ Help us to repent and receive that refreshment. I know for many as well, it's just a very very hard season. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask for your comfort. I pray you comfort those who are downcast. I pray you comfort those who are just physical illness, lonely in this season. I pray you'd comfort and give the peace that just passes all understanding. Jesus, our greatest desire is you and our greatest desire is to live out your will, your ways, and your wants. And so will you help us be a healthy body? Would you help us be a body that we feel like we belong to you and to one another? Would you help us to be a body that cares for one another? As we do that, Lord, would would you be magnified would, would, would you um, be glorified through that? Uh, would we receive joy and true just community with one another? And Lord, would you use us, just as an outpost of the kingdom here, would you use us, I don't know, to push back the darkness a bit and to see people saved? So Jesus, would you save the lost and guide the saved? We pray in Christ's name. Amen.